there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And this program, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings, Mitch Moss, along with Jonathan Von Tobel this morning. Paulie is out sick. I asked the question late last week, whatever happened to these 24-hour bugs when we were younger? Now it's going on pretty much a week for Paulie, so he's out today. We'll see how long um, that's going to last with him. He had to get new meds yesterday, but JVT is here, the new host of V-CIN Primetime. Right, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. You did the show last night. You're back here this morning, man. That's right. That's what we do. It wasn't that late. You know, you get off at 6 p.m. Then you swing back around. You get here. Yeah, this is uh, – I usually get up at about this time right now. Check you and Paul out in the morning. So, it's nothing. Just a little early rise. You're also all over the NBA morning card. Yeah. And you're watching these line moves pop and move and change around, flip a lot, probably in the next hour to 90 minutes every single morning. We'll get into the NBA coming up. In about 15 minutes, some really strong numbers on the card that we have tonight. We'll begin today with some college basketball. I'm curious about this. As I bet North Carolina 9-1 to to get a one seed over the weekend. They did win last night, did not cover. They struggled a little bit with Miami of Florida. Miami's been maybe the most disappointing team in college basketball the entire season. But they're sitting there now on top of the ACC JVT, and they're 14-3. and North Carolina has three games left in the regular season after last night. They play NC State. They get Notre Dame, and they're at Duke as probably about a three-and-a-half or four-point favorite to close out the regular season next weekend. Duke is 12-4 and four in ACC play. They play Louisville, Virginia at home, at NC State, and then they get North Carolina. So there is a chance here where these teams could finish with identical records in the mm-hmm. ACC and split the regular season crown. But this is... Um, you know, when you look at projections and bracketology and overall numbers, I'm on uh, Bart Torvik right now, and he has something called the one-seed line overall. He does a great job with college hoops. Currently, he gives North Carolina a 9.2% chance to get a one-seed. That is it. 
I think that's based on a potential loss to Duke and having seven losses at that point. And then overall, the resume probably won't be strong enough. And the two teams that are above them, Arizona and Tennessee, will probably have a better overall resume at that point. But mm-hmm. North Carolina, they are in the net ranking. They're number nine right now. Quad one wins. They're seven and four in, against those opponents. They're five and one against quad two. They're four and one against quad three. Will that come back to Dingham at all? The committee ranking, though, had them fifth last time out. And I will give you this nugget. I'll never forget this because I was absolutely livid in 2013 when the committee never gave Miami of Florida a one seed. And they absolutely deserved it. They should have been. They were not. They were awesome that year. File this one away. This is where the narrative comes into play. Miami of Florida that year won the ACC regular season and the ACC conference tournament championship as well. Yet they were a two seed that year. Becoming the only team in the history of the ACC to win both and not be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Since then, Virginia did it the next year in 2014. North Carolina did it in 2016. And Virginia did it in 2018. So you're telling me, I know the ACC is down this year big time. This is not your daddy's ACC. But you're telling me with the name across the front of their jersey, it says North Carolina, they run the table, they win the regular season and the ACC title. Committee's not going to take that into consideration? Potentially sweep Duke. Yeah. Right? I think that could be one, too. And I, th- I would agree with you. And I think it's there's a lot of different factors. First, it's about North Carolina. And by the way, the graphic we just showed, they're going to improve in quad three wins. That was a quad three win last night. So they're going to be five and one uh, in quad three wins after last night. But it's about, so for me, when we were looking at this yesterday on primetime, it was about the schedule. You mentioned it uh, before the game yesterday, three consecutive home games before you play Dukes. Now you got two left before you play them against lowly opponents. You get to maintain your record. Uh, Duke with uh, Kyle Filipowski after he was maimed after the Wake Forest contest. Who knows what his status is going to be? I know Duke is a very, very mum about what's going to happen there. And then you have an opportunity to potentially add a couple of quad one wins in the ACC tournament if you go on to win that thing. But it's also about the opponents that you're competing with. So Arizona, for example, obviously also in contention for a one seed. And mm-hmm. odds on favor to win that one seed. But three out of the last four games are on the road. One of them coming up tomorrow, I believe it's Arizona State. So we've seen Arizona fumble these road games quite often this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you really trust that Arizona is going to be able to take care of business. We saw what happened uh, at home last year against Arizona State. The ridiculous loss. I think it was like 88-87 or whatever it was a season ago. So if Arizona takes one of these inexplicable losses yet again, which I don't think is out of the question, or falls out early in a Pac-12 tournament, while North Carolina continues to move forward and maybe churn out these couple of these wins, sweep the regular season series against Duke, I think there's a much higher possibility that this team, resume-wise, earns itself a one seat. And the other team potentially in contention, because Tennessee was floating around plus 180. Yeah. Have you seen the rest of their schedule? Absolutely, I have. It's a nightmare for Tennessee as you go forward. Auburn, Alabama, Kentucky, and South Carolina. We should throw that in there, too, because, of course, South Carolina uh, beat them at home. So, like, I, I, I came into this thinking yesterday. I was like, you know, I think Tennessee, I like Tennessee a lot. Then I looked at their schedule. But you evaluate all three. I think there's a bet to be made here on North Carolina. I don't think they're out of this thing at all for a no, while. I think they can slide in and, and look at Tennessee's uh, overall resume here. Net ranking, they're number five overall. The committee had them six behind North Carolina already yep. as a two seed. I think them being behind North Carolina is kind of ridiculous. They should be ahead of them right now. But they're not. That kind of plays into what the committee is telling you. They're four and five in the quad one, seven and one in quad two, and they do not have a quad three or quad four loss. But again, probably about a three and a half point favorite, maybe maybe four tomorrow night against Auburn. At Alabama, they're going to be a small dog in that game. Then make it, uh, Torvik has it about three, three and a half against South Carolina, and he has, that's on the road. 
and he has him eight and a half at home against Kentucky to close the regular season. Yep. Now, if they run the table, oh yeah, they're going to get a one seed, but that is a gigantic if. And I like what you guys said last night on your show, Primetime, and that is, if you like Tennessee to be a one seed rather than taking plus 180, why don't you start a rollover parlay st- tomorrow night? Right. Because these are all going to be pretty tight numbers, like you mentioned. That all of these ones against the big boys are going to be within one possession outside of the Kentucky game, uh, and that'll be the regular season finale. But if you're just kind of rolling these things over, like again, instead of taking plus one eighty, just bet them on the money line, roll that thing over for the next you know few games, and that'll be it. And again, and again as well, remember you still have the SEC tournament that they again could win potentially add to it. But also the big difference, and I do wonder, you know, the committee again has Arizona ranked ahead of these teams. I mean, you just look at these, though, like Tennessee, for example, unblemished in quad three and quad four, right? 10 and 0 combined in quad three and quad four. Um, Arizona has two or three losses in quad two and three combined. I think you right. So, like, I just wonder when you get down to it and you really evaluate these teams, if a North Carolina sweeps the season series against Duke and adds to their quad one wins, if Tennessee, by some measure, comes out and sweeps the end of this regular season, for some, because they, they have the potential. I know they, we've watched them slip up, but we've also watched them crush Alabama, sure. right, by 20 points earlier in the regular season. I don't think it's out of the, the, uh, the realm of possibility that this happens. For me, this is one of those where, again, I just wish there was a no, where it was, yes, no, will Arizona win the number one, will it win the number one seed? Because that would just bet no, and then let's see if... And call it good. Yeah, call it good. Call Tennessee or North Carolina, let's get this thing done. Um, but the fact that it's an index prop... I landed on North Carolina because I, I think like that's the team that you want to back here. They have the potential to do it. Basically, if it was Arizona versus the field, you're going to get Tennessee, North Carolina. Those are going to be the two teams that yeah. you're going to go to war Marquette, with. Marquette, I think, is like right around there, but I don't think their resume is strong enough to win I don't think so it, either. Right. And, and if Arizona, you're right, if they stumble one more time and you said, yeah, they've had some of those losses, how about an 18-point loss to Stanford earlier this year? Yeah. <laughs> that came out of absolutely nowhere. Wazoo swept them. They lost to Oregon State. 83 to 80. Now, in the remaining games, they are projected again against Arizona State to be about 11 and a half or 12. Against Oregon, they'll be about 14 potentially. And then they get uh, UCLA and USC on the Southern California swing. And they're about eight and a half right now against UCLA and about nine and a half against USC. There's no telling they're going to win all those games. Oh, absolutely. They, they, not. Could, they could easily lose one more of those. And they have two losses in the quad two already and one in quad three. Yep. Yeah, to, to make them an odds-on favorite to win this one seed, given what we have seen from them. I understand where the committee had them and what the resume looks like, but you see that, right? Four and two in quad one, a quad three loss, that they could take another one of these on the chin. Again, the road issues have been what's right. Loss of Purdue, Gainbridge, Fieldhouse, neutral against Florida Atlantic, on the road against Stanford, on the road against Washington State, on the road against Oregon State. Three out of your last four games are on the road. We have seen this team, when it goes away from home, that it's just not the same club and that it struggles in a couple of these games. Their worst losses are on the road. So to have three or four away from home, one of those being a massive rivalry spot coming up tomorrow, I mean, shoot, man, could happen tomorrow night on the road against Arizona State. Good. Now, remember, they were minus $5 before that loss to Wazoo. Yep. Minus $5 then, and they were a 12.5 or a 13-point favorite in that game with revenge on their mind. Yeah. And it still didn't matter. You know, that, that is, it speaks to, you know, the letdown spots and the look-ahead spots in college basketball have been like a real thing this year recently. How about the letdown spot for Wazoo after that game? Yep. It's, dude... I know we'll have more college, but like there's a couple today where situationally, like there's so the the part of me that really likes number and data and all these kind of stuff looks at some of these numbers and you're like, dude, I gotta I gotta play that. That's that's a cheap number. Sure. But then you realize like, 
oh, but this team's coming off of a lot. You know what I yeah, mean? Right. Like all sorts of right. stuff. Wake Forest today is a very good example of it. So you have to debate of situation versus number. And in college sports, a lot of the time, situation kind of wins out. Yep. That, I mean, the Creighton loss to St. John's. Yep. Was another one where they played their absolute A game against UConn and had to have that game. Not, not had to, but uh, that team is still good enough to make the Final Four, in my opinion, despite losing to St. John's the next game. Uh, a letdown spot possibly for Kentucky tonight, but look at this number now. And more on this game coming up a little bit later on. Mississippi State on the opening number last night opened up two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Kentucky, and they were coming off that performance against Alabama where it's like, God, get out of the way. They're going to win the whole thing. Was that too many points? Nope. Miss State's up to four today. And that's that's what you're talking about. Like, And again, these these Bartorovic, Ken Palm aren't the end-all, be-all, but it is a good like, a good measuring stick. Like the Ken Palm projections, too. Yeah. And then here you are. It's up to like four, four-and-a-half. And they might come out here and probably, given the past of this season, they're going to come out and roll by like you know seven to ten points. I honestly want nothing to do with Kentucky in this game. <laughs> right. Despite having a zillion futures on this team, I'm not betting yep. them tonight. Uh, maybe maybe an in-play situation, but right now, four? No way. I wish it would be shorter. I bet Miss State. Up next, a loaded card in the NBA. They're huge favorites tonight, but they're 0-3 ATS against the same opponent, including one outright loss. Find out which team we're talking about next on Follow the Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Time to get started, folks. March Madness is around the corner. Baseball season's almost here as well. Put the Visa experts to work to work for you. Start betting smarter. The Visa Pro subscription. If you sign up on a Visa Pro annual subscription today, you're going to get your first year for only $199 instead of the typical price of $240. Just use the promo code FTM. Visa Pro subs include a. A lot of stuff, daily best bets, leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has a hot hand. You get betting splits, you get betting systems, articles in every single sport, every single day up on the website of VEASAN.com, and of course the upcoming March Madness betting guide with best bets for every game and every round of the tournament. Remember, promo code FTM, first year of VEASAN Pro, 199 sign up today, VSIN.com slash subscribe. Yeah, and this part was in a recent newsletter sent out by Bill 80, College Basketball Power 6 Conference Revenge Angle from Steve Mackinnon. Did you know, JVT, that power conference teams looking to avenge an earlier loss 
and playing as home favorites of six points or more in the last two weeks of the regular season. They are 60 and nine straight up and 49 and 28 ATS. Iowa is in this spot tonight. They lost to Penn State by 10 back in early February. They opened up a seven point favorite last night against Penn State. The Hawkeyes now nine and a half today. That's what I'm telling you, man. People could not wait to bet the Hawkeyes in this game. Yep. It's the debate. Again, it's just that debate of like clearly everything that we're talking about is factored into the number, but sometimes it's just not enough. Mm. And these situations continue to come home. It's insane. All right. So JBT is in today for an alien, Paul E. Howard, mm. on the mend. Um, JBT is also, along with being the host of Eastern Primetime here, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific on the West Coast. You are also VEASAN's senior NBA betting analyst. They say. In the association tonight, the Spurs, I want to begin with this game. The Spurs are at the T-Wolves. T-Wolves opened up 13.5 point favorites last night. Total of 224. Moved a little bit. They're down to 13. Total is now 235.5. Went up. Earlier this year, they played three times already. The Wolves won game one, 117 to 110. They did not cover. They were laying 7.5 points in that game. They won their second meeting, 102 to 94, did not cover. They were laying 11 and a half. The third time they played, the Wolves were laying 10 and a half. They lost outright to San Antonio, 113 to 112. Again, tonight laying a big number against a bad Spurs team. JVT, is there something about this matchup that does just it doesn't suit the Wolves well against the, the Spurs? What is it in your opinion? Yeah, I think that, that might be it. I mean, it might just be a symptom of looking past an opponent as well. If it's the lowly Spurs when you have a bigger fish to fry, uh, depending on where it fell in the schedule. Uh, I, I know that the second matchup, the one you mentioned, was like 102 to 90-something, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I've bet these matchups under, and I think that might be a potential here today. Now, the question is, are you going to get Rudy Gobert? Because Rudy Gobert is questionable with an ankle sprain tonight. And if he's not going to play, and we've seen the total go up from, I saw an overnight of 223.5 up to 225.5. Mm-hmm. I think that explains that if Gobert's not going to be out there, this opens up quite a bit here for San Antonio. You can get to the rim. There's obviously not all of that length that you're going to have to deal with. Nas Reed, uh, who you would assume would start there, uh, is not going to have the same presence defensively. If Gobert plays, though, I would keep my eye out for whether or not that's going to happen. And if that's going to happen, bet this thing under because he's worth quite a bit. And we're seeing a faraway place. His total's up to 226. This should come back down to around the open or maybe even a little bit lower, about 222 and a half. So that's what I'd be looking for here today. I want to ask you this as a follow-up. I did blind resume. We did yesterday on the show comparing two players in the market to win Defensive Player of the Year. And it was Rudy Gobert versus Victor Wembanyama. The, the mainstream numbers, right? Yep. It's not even close. Victor Wembanyama blows Rudy Gobert out of the water in almost every single category. The, ca- the counting defensive stats, yep. It's like he, he's dominating in blocks. Mm-hmm. He's doubled them up in steals. Defensive rebound percentage, he's better. Like everything you look at, it points. Minutes, by the way, 300 fewer minutes, fewer games in Gobert. Does that mean anything to you? I mean, Gobert's a minus $7 favorite to win this award. And uh, as my buddy who put it, again, I, I keep pointing this out because the Wolves are so good this year. I have a friend who's watched, no joke, almost every T-Wolves game since they came into existence. He loves the, pro, lo- loves the organization. It's his favorite team in all sports. He said the, the reason why Rudy Gobert is so good defensively is because he has so many elite defenders in front of him. He just pointed out this team is completely loaded with awesome guys on the perimeter who you can't, who you just, you, you get locked up pretty much every single game. And yep. that helps Gobert 
And that's the reason why people are looking at it like, hey, this team is so good defensively, it's got to be Gobert. It's not just him, it's everybody else. No, I, I don't think that's fair at all to say it's just Gobert, and I would agree with that. Like Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, they're absolutely fantastic wing defenders. Yes, they are. Mike Conley is a brilliant point-of-attack defender as well as a point guard. I, I, no, I, I would think it's completely fair to look at that and go, it's not just Rudy Gobert. But I would also say that Rudy Gobert is one of the reasons why it also works so well, too, because you can't, like, Gobert's awesome. And this is, oh, one, of his, is. And this is one of his better defensive seasons we've seen in the last like last year he was pretty disappointing but I'll put it like this way the fact that you're on a team with a bunch of brilliant defenders and then when you're on the floor you improve that team's defensive rating still by nearly 4.1 points every 100 possessions speak to how good Gobert speaks how good Gobert is and, and I just wonder the dynamic of counting stats defensively for a guy who's on a team that ranks about 22nd in defensive efficiency Victor Wembanyama versus Rudy Gobert, the way he's playing defensively on a team that it's not going to – lapping the field is strong, but they got a nearly three-point lead on the second-place team in defensive efficiency and non-garbage time. And I wonder how much that really does factor in. Like, I think Wembenyama probably finishes pretty high in the Defensive Player of the Year standings when it comes to the votes. But I find it hard, like, to that dynamic, right? Giving Defensive Player of the Year to a guy – who is on a team that is a very below-average defensive team overall. Uh, how about if his teammates are terrible at playing defense? I mean, I would say that's fair, but Rudy Gobert was on a team that had a bunch of guys that were terrible on defense. It was Utah Jazz, and they were still a top-ten defense in the NBA, right? Like, you can still impact a team defensively in a very positive manner. And, I, I, and I, for me, I'm just saying, like, I wonder how that impacts the voters who look at this, right? Because right? there are some voters who are somewhat simpleton and go, oh, he's got a lot of defensive rebounds and blocks. I'll vote for that guy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I would also come back and say, here's what's going to drive me nuts. When the Spurs improve in the next couple of years and get better players around Wembenyama, mm-hmm. which also means better defensively, and as a team, their numbers are going to be much better than what they are now, and who knows, maybe top 10, top 5 in the NBA, and Wembenyama's numbers come down, they're not as good as this year. It's going to be like, look at this guy, though. Brilliant defensively. He's the reason why he made the defense overall better. No, it's not. you got better players defensively around yep. the guy. And it's fair. I mean, you look at it. Victor Wemanyama on the floor, their defensive rating improves by 10.3 points. Every 100 possessions when he's out there. He's been brilliant. I don't that's think crazy. there's really any question. And you're right. Like, yeah, for those who are, that's, a, that's insane, given how much they improve when he's out there defensively. But I do think, again, because when you handicap these awards, you're, you're, again, you're, you're handicapping how people are going to vote not just looking at these guys and saying, all right, this guy deserves it. And I, I still feel like there's a lot of analytical nerds and the people who watch this game who are going to default to giving this to Rudy Gobert. Oh, they will. The Minnesota, I'm sure. you, know, you know what I mean? I, I just think for him to be a $7 favorite now is... Oh, I agree. Like, the probability, I don't think, should be that high. It's... I don't think his, his gap over the field is not that big. Mm-hmm. I wanted to run this one by you as well. Is there anything to this? Rockets are playing at the Thunder tonight. Both these teams, Thunder and Wolves, tied for the one seat right now in the Western Conference. OKC is a 10.5-point favorite. They are 20-9 ATS at home, best in the league. Rockets on the road are 9-17-1 against the spread. Did you know this, that when the Thunder are laying double digits at home, like they are tonight, OKC is 8-0 straight up and 7-1 ATS. They pummel bad teams. Now, the Rockets aren't necessarily a bad basketball team, but they fall into this double-digit category, and on the road, they're eight games below ATS. So in this spot, they are considered bad, in my opinion. Yeah. 
I, it, dude, this team, because they're well-coached. Like, they're well-prepared. They never let up. They are always ready to go. And what I think is the interesting wrinkle here um, for the Oklahoma City Thunder is you're starting to kind of see that Mark Dagnall's kind of going like, all right, let's, let's switch things up here a little bit. We saw Josh Giddy come off the bench in the second half against Los Angeles Clippers in a very, you know, big game. Uh, they went out there. They rolled Los Angeles. They were absolutely fantastic. They're starting to kind of change the way that they're playing, and it's unlocked. It's, it's hard to say it's unlocked this offense because they're absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. But you're starting to see them mess around with the fact that like let's put some more floor floor spacers out here as opposed to a guy that can't shoot that's going to clog up the paint a little bit and let's see what this works out like so I, I, I like this team a lot especially in some of these situations where you're talking about these lowly opponents we saw what they did against Washington you saw what you did uh, on Sunday against Houston they're a team that at the very least takes care of business against these bad squads and I would not shy away at all uh, from laying it dude they were laying what 15 against Washington yeah. you didn't have to sweat it, no, you they, worry about by, it. What, they went by 40 yeah it was like 147 107 or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. okay it's early here but you said that uh, early Earlier on today in the show, you wake up at this time any, anyway. You're filling in for mm-hmm. Paulie today. You look at what what were you looking for this morning early in the NBA? Did anything really catch your eye? It's a huge card. It's a really good card overall. Yeah, the two games that suck out, uh, Philly and Boston. Boston's laying 12. Total's like 228.5, 229.5. Philly stinks. Like, you know, they got to win. Uh, they, or should be, they, uh, they haven't really looked good since they lost Joel Embiid. And Boston's one of these teams that I think is rounding into form. They're healthy. We saw what they did against the shorthanded Knicks on Saturday. I think it's a team that I'm more than willing to come in here, potentially lay a big number against a bad 76er squad that's really poor along the perimeter defensively. And the other, I don't know if I can do this because the Hawks suck. Mm -hmm. But... I have made it a habit to play against Utah here, and Utah looked like look okay, especially uh, in their previous game at home. But we're talking about just one and a half at home for Atlanta. This would tell you that Utah's kind of better. Double check the injury report to see if guys are going to be available or not, because Trey Young missed the last game. But if Trey Young's going to play here for Atlanta, I think that's something to potentially circle. Because uh, oh no, he's he's still out. So yeah. all right, so that's going to be something still because uh, they're they're better with Dejounte Murray, I think. That's what I was going to ask you. Yep. Up next, we'll recap the betting action from last night and win some, lose some. And we'll stick with this because something took place last night that makes you say only in the NBA. Details coming up next here on VSIN. Start your morning with the daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSIN daily newsletter along with the coffee. Today's newsletter, Bill, describes a, uh, a late night uber ride and ties it into best bets for tennis how about that wow. what a writer Great what tennis. an author uh check it out now again you can get it vcin.com slash newsletter expert analysis right in your inbox every single morning at 6 a.m easter nfl here patrick finley kind enough to wake up with us early here on a tuesday morning he joins the program he covers the chicago bears in the nfl for the chicago sun times patrick thanks for the time today how are you i'm doing okay how about you uh, doing really well so we are approximately a little bit shy here. So, but approximately two months away from the NFL draft taking place this year. Of course, the team that you cover the most, the Bears, owning that number one overall pick. As we are now two months removed, if you had to put a percentage on this team trading that number one overall pick before the draft, what percentage would you put on that? I don't know, 25, 30, maybe something like that. I, I think that Caleb Williams uh, drafting him would put the Bears in a really nice position. Uh, and with Justin Fields, you know, if you don't know after three years whether he's the guy, it makes me wonder whether you've got your answer right there. Is he the guy or not? You know, if you don't know, uh, that's probably the answer. Yeah, I got to be honest. I thought you were to come on and say maybe 5%, but you, you throw out 25 and 30. Wow. This is yeah. right. This is you're telling me there, you, there's a chance dumb and dumber territory better than that, actually. <laughs> well, let's do this. And, and I'm not trying to draw a direct comparison between the two, but when Ryan Polk 
sits there in January and says that, you know, the most important thing he's got to do is find out what makes everybody tick off the field. Uh, remember, at this time last year, the number one overall pick, Jalen Carter, uh, was supposed to be the number one overall pick. Yeah. And uh, then, then a lot of stuff popped up, some serious bad stuff, and I'm not saying there's anything like that around the corner for, Jay, for Caleb Williams, but I think Ryan Poles is well aware that things change. You need to do your research, and that's, you know, that is carrying that extra 20% in my mind more than anything else. I, I do think it's overwhelmingly likely that they end up drafting Caleb first okay, overall. Okay, but that's a very good tidbit to file away for sure. Let, let's say that right, there's an offer out there that's just too good to refuse. Like, How far are they willing to drop down in the first round, in your opinion? Boy, that's a good question because, you know, if they, uh, it, you know, I can't imagine they'd want to go past number three mm-hmm. if they had any uh, plans of drafting a quarterback. But, man, you look at Marvin Harrison, you know, maybe that enables you to creep down to four. You know, I don't see them going as far down if they were to trade it as they did last year. Uh, you know, now seems to be the time where they need to go get out and get stars who are going to be on their team for the next five, six, seven years. I'm not sure how many of those exist beyond, you know, five. I, I will tell you this, the way it's shaping up right now, the Bears have the first pick and the number nine pick. There's going to be a lot of stuff at number nine that can help them. They need a pass rusher. They need a left tackle and they need a wide receiver. And it looks to me like if there's a run on quarterbacks, it's say four go in the top eight that uh, they're going to have options at all of those positions. And that's a really nice position to be in. And in any other year in Chicago, we'd be talking about what a great setup that is. And that is almost an afterthought now because they have the number one pick. Patrick, at this point, if we run with the thought that Caleb Williams goes to the Chicago Bears, what's the market look like for Justin Fields? What do they expect to get back? And how many teams are interested, do you believe? You know, it, it's weird when, when, you, when you talk to people about this, eventually someone will say, no, 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 sit down and look at all the teams. And, and there are fewer than you think. You know, I, I think the market is Atlanta. I think the market includes Pittsburgh, whether they kind of want to admit it or not. Uh, you know, it's maybe Seattle, maybe Denver. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty short list. And part of that is that Justin Fields has got this fifth year option deadline coming up on May second. He's going to make something like twenty five point whatever million dollars uh, in twenty twenty five. If you want to sign him up for that. That's not a great deal if you're not convinced that Justin Fields, you know, if you don't know about Justin Fields, uh, that's a hard number to commit to at, at this point. I think in a perfect world, the Bears would get either a two or a three. Um, you know, you could get creative and try and move around with your number nine overall pick somehow in, in, in a trade with Justin. I mean, I have mocked this a couple of times, and I think it's a pipe dream. But, boy, what would happen if you went to the Patriots? Uh, who are sitting at number three, and if you went to them and said, we'll give you fields and we'll give you nine, uh, what else would you have to add to that to move up to number three? That'd be really interesting to me because then, you know, then oh. maybe you're getting to Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison, and boy, that'd be a draft, wouldn't it? Holy uh, smokes. I think, again, yeah, again, like I said, I think that's a pipe dream. I, I don't think that that's, uh, that that's too incredibly realistic, but, you know, right now, you know, you, know, you, you want to say a late two or an early three, but the fact is, you know, if you don't have a quarterback and if you think Justin Fields is your answer at quarterback, the odds are you're drafting pretty high in the second round. <laughs> and yeah. it makes you wonder, you know, and the value of that does go up. You know, I'll tell you this, guys, the Bears don't have a second round pick and they don't have it because they traded one to the commanders for Montez Sweat. Uh, they would certainly love to get back in the draft, you know, somewhere between number nine and the third round because uh, right now that's a pretty big hole uh, in, in their pick selection. Let's follow the money here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Patrick Finley, he covers the Chicago Bears for the Sun-Times in that great city. 
so then, okay, let's say they bail on the number one overall pick. I, I love this stuff, by the way. I love draft, talk, chatter, the whole thing, Patrick. So if they do trade down and they're not going to take Caleb, Caleb Williams number one overall, they come back a couple of spots. Do you know at this point, do they prefer Drake May or Jaden Daniels? I, th- I think Jaden Daniels, uh, that's, that's, the, um, that's the intel I've got right now. And, you know, we'll see. This, this combine is getting weirder and weirder. Every year, because now, you know, I don't believe that Caleb's going to throw this week. I don't believe that Jaden's going to throw this week. Uh, not that those drills meant a whole heck of a lot, but, uh, you know, it really does make this week more about, you know, measuring guys and having conversations with them than it does uh, watching them compete really in anything. Uh, you know, I, I think their order would be Daniels and then May. Uh, you know, if you want to fantasize about them going really far down, we can talk about, you know, Bo Nick and Michael Penix and those guys. But boy, that would, if I were a Bears fan, I'd have a really hard time, uh, even with a ton of draft picks coming back, I'd have a really hard time if the Bears, you know, turned Justin Fields into Bo Nix. I'm cringing listening to that idea. Well, yeah, that would be a hard sell, even if you wound up with uh, five first round picks in the next three years. <laughs> So I'm curious, uh, again, rolling with the premise, if it's a quarterback at one, is it a foregone conclusion they would use nine on a wide receiver? Is there any other position? Is it offensive line? Or are they going to add to this wide receiving core? I think in order, it would be receiver, left tackle, or edge rusher. Uh, They need somebody to put opposite Montez Sweat. Those guys don't grow on trees. Uh, They really need a number two receiver. You saw Darnell Mooney this season. Just wasn't wasn't what they needed. Uh, You know, he's had... Uh, two really inconsistent seasons. I think he's going to walk in free agency here, and you need to replace him with somebody who's dangerous because DJ Moore is in his prime, and, and you need to take advantage of that. Uh, you know, what is it? Musin Muhammad once said that wide or that Chicago is where wide receivers go to die. Uh, it, it, he wasn't completely wrong. I mean, you know, you take this. You know, I've been covering covering this team for 11 years. You know, we had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, uh, and they were both pretty good uh, 10 years ago, and that's about it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> drafting, drafting, uh, drafting and developing a receiver uh, would, be, would be a really important thing for them. We all remember Kevin White and yeah. how that didn't yeah. happen. Uh, you know, when you look at offensive line, the question you have to ask is whether Braxton Jones is the answer at left tackle or whether he'd just be a really nice swing, swing tackle. He started uh, in uh, each of his first two seasons here, and he's okay. Um, you know, you wonder whether they'd upgrade there if they could. So I think it would go receiver O-line. Uh, edge rusher, uh, you know, we talked to Shane Waldron, the new Bears offensive coordinator, a couple days ago, and he, you know, he wouldn't get into the quarterback thing. Uh, believe it or not, guys, he would not say, he did not say the word Justin or Caleb at any point during the press conference. Oh, uh, good for him. Say the word, uh, yeah, um, despite being asked about them pretty regularly. Um, but he kept talking about what a unique position it is for the Bears to be drafting first and ninth, and you have to sit there as an offensive mind and, uh, and think that he's sitting there going, oh, you know, you know, I may end up with two new toys, uh, one at one and one at nine. Yeah. Patrick, we have like 90 seconds left here. So it sounds like we're aligned here in, with the same thought process. And that is like a perfect scenario if they keep the number one overall pick would be Caleb Williams at number one and then come back and take Roma Dunze if he's available at number nine. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I, I think uh, a Dunze could be uh, the kind of weapon that's just different enough from DJ Moore to give the Bears some. Uh, variety on offense. I think he's a really good player. Anybody who watched uh, that run with the Huskies, uh, you know, to me, that probably would be 
the dream scenario if you're not going to move around. Uh, secondary to that, you know, I look at Joe Alt at Notre Dame if you're going to go with left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems like a safe bet. You know, you look at what the last what, last five, six years, how many Notre Dame left tackles have been developed and what they turn into in the NFL. That is a pipeline I would want to tap into if I were the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, Adunze and Caleb Williams, if you were doing that in your mock draft right now, I think the Bears would have a pretty big smile on their face. Yep, totally agree. You can follow Patrick on X. He's at Patrick Finley. Read him in the Chicago Sun-Times. Hey, Patrick, that was an awesome spot. Thanks so much for the time today. We appreciate that. Hey, thank you. Great nugget, by the way, as well. That needs more consideration. Mm. So a team's going to give up a second or a third-round pick for Justin Fields. He's going to play one year there, and they have to make up their, their minds like already. Like, it, next year, yeah, we're going to $25 million. Yeah. So they, they can't go they can't go on anything based on what's going to happen this next upcoming year. Yeah, I've heard I've heard scuttlebutt of a, the the Bears getting a first. I'm like, no, no, that's not no. that's not in the cars at all. Not going to happen. I thought third conditional second was probably like the best they would get. So if you're going to give up that much, you have to tell yourselves we're going to give him 25 million dollars next year yep. to play. And then he might flame out, and then you don't know what's going to happen. Door one or door two next. We have a good one here comparing Caleb Williams and Victor Wembanyama. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit 5 bucks and get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet loses, download the app and use the promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It's time to play everyone's favorite follow-the-money game. Live from the VSIN studios. Hey, guys. You ready to let the dogs out? This is door number one. New high score! What does high score mean? New high score, is that bad? What's that mean? Should I break it? Or door number two. You get nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! Here's Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. Jonathan Von Trouble filling in for the under-the-weather Polly Howard. Door one, door two here. I make the rules, JVT, then you see if you can break them or you abide by them. I don't know what that means, but I throw it out there anyway. <laughs> door number one, you get the one seeds this year in, in March Madness. And right now, that would be UConn, Purdue, Houston, Arizona. 
or door number two, you get the field. Who are you taking? Give me the field, baby. Come on, door number two. You're telling me that I'm going to get the likes of Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, Iowa State. Love the Cyclones. Absolutely tremendous. Best backcourt defensively outside of Houston in the country. You're gonna, I can go down the list. You're going to give me Illinois? You're going to give me Marquette? Baylor in that offense? Give me the field instead of these losers. Come on. Do you have any futures on said teams? Iowa State is the only one. I have a very thin portfolio. I'm looking to add. I wanted to add North Carolina. When they beat Duke the first time, I was like, ooh. I went and checked on them. I'm like, what are they? And then, of course, we saw, like, ah, before, though, they lost to Georgia Tech, and then they kind of stumbled afterwards. Yeah. I haven't bought it, but I got Iowa State. Let's go. I'm in. So you sounded a little sarcastic there with your love for Iowa State, but clearly it's no, not if you have a no, future no, on them. Yeah, no, I, I like Iowa State a ton. The fact that you can force turnovers, the guard play is very good. Growth of guys like Keyshawn Gilbert. TJ Altsberg is a pretty good coach. You get size coming off the bench. You got a 6'10 guy that you, you know, you need to play big. You put him out there. No, I like Iowa State a lot. You know, I did this one year with you the, told me to come strong. So was, with the former mayor of Las Vegas, Mayor yeah. Goodman. In fact, it was 10 years ago now, uh, come to think of it. It's never happened before. And I said, uh, look, I mean, there were some really good four and five seeds that year. And the, the, like the ones and twos were maybe a little questionable. And I said, okay, Mayor, um, you can have the four seeds and beyond. I get the first three seeds for the entire tournament, right? What do you want? He goes, give me the four seeds and through 16. I'm like, You're, it's even, we had an even money bet. Oh, wow. And that, that was when UConn is like a seven play Kentucky and eight seed in the <laughs> national title game. I just had to, when Kentucky beat Wisconsin on a buzzer beater yep. to go to the final four, because Wisconsin was, I just hung my head and I had to walk over to the plaza because his restaurant's there. And I'm like, I text him. I'm like, you around? I got your stinking money, pal. Yep. Come on. What a year. That's just <laughs> bad luck for you. Oh, my God. Uh, door one, Caleb Williams, the number one overall pick, minus 1,000, or Victor Wembenyama wins rookie of the year, minus 750 at DraftKings. Ooh. It's one or the other. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've got Holmgren at 5-1 to one to win Rookie of the Year, so give me Caleb Williams, number one overall pick, minus 1,000. I don't buy this. He's the best prospect we've seen in forever. As you've talked about a lot of smarter people than me, right? Go back last year, would have been the first pick. Year before, would have been the first pick. you got to go all the way back to potentially the Andrew Luck draft, where he wouldn't be the first overall selection by a lot of different people who are a lot smarter than me when it comes to evaluating players. Stop overthinking this. Caleb Williams, number one overall pick. Door number one. So you're telling me Chet still has a chance? I do. I believe Chet still has a chance. The advanced metrics paint a much better picture for Chet Holmgren. And yeah, he's I, don't, a, huh. I don't think that's going to matter. And he's and he's a contributor on a team that could win the one seed. That's big. Yes. Uh, I do think, is there a slight chance that the Spurs could say at some point, we're not playing Victor anymore this year? I don't think there is. And the problem is, to your point, the, the, the with problem the, with for the me. smallest of injuries, would that happen? Oh, I mean, we saw it. Remember when the uh, Dallas Mavericks staffer? Remember that regular season game where the staffer was standing under the basketball or oh, under right. the hoop that, and then oh, he, wow. like, he, he stepped on his foot yes, and kind of twisted it yes. in there like, he's done! He's not playing tonight! Like, <laughs> like, So they're playing with kid gloves. But I think the way that he's played, it looks pretty good here. But I, I like, you're a contributor on the number one seed. Chet Holmgren, his stats are also very, very good. The problem, though, to your point is, I think it was Zach Lowe I was listening to the other day, and he said something along the lines of, Victor Wembanyama has been my pick for to win Rookie of the Year since the beginning of the season. Yeah, sure. And it's like you got a lot of people, and I don't think actually Lowe has a vote, and I think he's smart enough to look at stats still anyway, but you're going to have a lot of people like that. Right. Who are just like, he, they picked him before the, the season started, and they're going to go with him either way. It's going to take a, a, like a minor miracle for them to get off that track. Right. Right. Okay, door number one. Shea Gilgis Alexander wins the NBA MVP at plus 250 or door number two, Austin Matthews wins the Hart Trophy plus 230. 
Well, considering that my depth of knowledge on Austin Matthews and the rest of the field to win the Hart Trophy is very scant, I will go with Shea Gillis Alexander to win NBA MVP at plus 250. I also, dude, he's he's so freaking good. And Nikola Jokic is doing very well, obviously. His numbers are incredible. Dude, Shea is a two-way dynamo, man. He's awesome defensively. He's incredible. I think he's still easily can steals. Yes, he does. He's, he's a good on-ball defender, and he's doing this with an insane usage rate on offense, having to generate nearly nearly everything for this team yeah. on the offensive end of the floor. Okay, so Jokic has been lighting the world on fire since yes. the All-Star break, right? Every game is like 28, 17, and 14. It's, will, will voters not look at that anymore if he averages a triple-double and they say, well, we did this once already with Russell Westbrook, now not that big of a deal, and OKC's the one seed, Shea's averaging all these, you know, he's just right. awesome. And every game's the same thing for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yep. What you see is what you get night in and night out, and that would that would OKC winning the one seed be enough for him to win the award? I think that would be the differentiator, like the right, the, the one that makes the difference, which is, all right, these two guys, their numbers are incredible. Uh, Jokic has the triple doubles on insane efficiency. This dude leads the league at 30 point games on insane efficiency while playing great defense. So then how do you like what's the difference? And it would be Shea Gilles Alexander on a young team carrying that to, carrying that squad to a two or a one seed. All right. We're really going to take a walk uh, on the wild side here Former a little bit. If you're uncomfortable with NHL. All right. Uh, door number one, John Rahm to win a major this year, plus 275. Or door number two, the Red Sox make the playoffs, plus 260. Ooh. Give me, I'd rather have John Rahm. He only gets four shots at it. I know, but the Red Sox making the playoffs, that division's insane. The, the American League's really, really freaking good in terms of the depth to it, uh-huh. outside of just the AL East. And I don't know what really the Red Sox are, are doing overall. Don't really love the pitching staff. Yeah, give me John Rom. You want Rom plus two fifty? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take it. Mm. I, well, my graphic here says plus two seventy five. Yeah, plus two. I'm sorry. Yeah, plus two seventy five. Hey, don't don't try to short me on that. Um, you can take the Red Sox, huh? Make I would say. Well, six teams make it in the American League. Six. Dude, I mean, I think you're getting what? You can get what? Three potentially out of the AL East. Yeah, that's possible. And then then we two do, out of the West, yep. one out of the Central. Yep. Call it a day. Now, are they good enough to be that third team in the AL East? Is what it cracks down to, right? I mean, I, a lot of people are anticipating this letdown and a really big drop-off from the Orioles. Why? I, I don't see that happening. I, dude, they I could think be, the Orioles are awesome. If if second half, if post um, right to send down to AAA, um, Grayson Rodriguez shows up, right? And then the rookie kid they got coming, like, if the, all these things hit and, like, they're on the right path, they're young. They're, I don't understand that at all. And then the Blue Jays, I mean, like, I made the case yesterday. Dude, if the Blue Jays, you tell me today that they add, like, Jordan Montgomery, Give you a guy that's going to give you 150, 160 in terms of innings and just consistent pitching at the top with Gosman. Like, that team with that bullpen is going to be incredible. With a very good bullpen? Yep. Uh, I bet Vlad to have most home runs. I found him at 30-1. to one. Down with it. So, I think and but he's feeling great talking about it. Also, um, by the way, you got the best manager in baseball in that division, too, with the Tampa Bay Rays. And we haven't brought him up yet. So, I saw that spot you guys did with v very own Adam Burke yesterday. He Did, did I hear that incorrectly? Yes. No, I, right. I was over. This, I think oh, it was for sure. For sure, it was to win the division. Was yeah, going to be yes, a bet. Yeah, and, and, and over win on total the win over. Total. Yep. He likes them that much again this year. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're cockroaches, man. And <laughs> I love them. <laughs> they, right. Drop a nuke on them. They're still going to be scampering around. That's doing right. Everything. The cash is awesome, and you and you do have guys in this in this rotation that there's a chance that they hit. And all of a sudden, you're looking at like I don't really love their lineup. There's like not like a ton of power, but you got a guy who gets the most out of his roster almost every single. Tell, no, not almost every single year. He does. You know what? You talked me into John Rom. You did. There we go. It's going to be too difficult, I think, for the Red Sox. Okay. Door number one, Conor McGregor will fight in the UFC this year, minus 130. Or door number two, Arizona gets that final one seed. Ooh. Same price, minus 130. Wow. 
Will Conor McGregor stop taking steroids? Minus 130. Um, That's essentially what the uh, bet is, yeah. I'll go, yeah. He's got a lavish lifestyle. Give me door number one. At some point, you want Connor? Gonna, at some point, he's going to have to be like Floyd. Like, just stop it for a few months, get back in the pool, get a money fight, and then get back out. Fight Michael Chandler. Make it, and let's go. If the number's right, yeah. And he's not an underwhelming, like, just the, the dog is. I mean, I'll bet against Connor in whatever that, fight he sets up. I was going to say, like, you're going to bet against it pretty much no yeah, matter what if the number's yeah. right. Let's do it. Yeah. Just clean it up for a couple of months. Allegedly. Yeah. Good thing he snuck <laughs> that one His in there. His neck looks natural. All right. It's follow the money. There you go. Door one or door number two on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel, who's in for Paulie Howard. Paulie, a little bit under the weather uh, this week. So Jonathan Von Tobel is also VSIN's very own NBA oh. senior betting analyst, right? You love that title. Yes. Big, big fan of it. Looks great on your business cards. Uh, as long as you're in today, man, you love this sport. You. Like live, breathe, sleep, whatever the cliche is, that sport. I think we have to run down like some futures in the NBA. Yeah. Anything that you like, title wise, conference wise, awards wise, that sticks out right now as we have like what, 23 games left in the regular season? We'll do that coming up next year on VSIN. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones, who get it done. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.